from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA, our proud partners. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in San Antonio, Texas, You can find them locally in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, but you can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA, as well as on their website where you can get more info on what they're doing and latest updates at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is a special good friend of mine, one individual I've been I was able to befriend in my time uh, in El Paso. He is the co-host of the Audible the the newly launched, right, relatively newly launched yeah. Audible 3 podcast, uh, the coach Ryan the Rhino Vidales. Ryan, how are you, buddy? Doing really well, doing real happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, excited to get you here. Always uh, you know, I think this will mark the third, I believe, third or maybe fourth podcast uh, that we've actually had on the show. So excited to have you here. You know, anytime we can help out fellow podcasters, especially when it's sports related. And I know you all are diving into the uh, the soccer world more and more every day. So uh, excited, uh, excited to have you here and ready to go. You ready to dive right in? Yeah, let's do this. Let's go. All I'm right. This. Awesome. Good deal. So so before we kind of get into it a little bit, because we got a lot of things to cover, right? Uh, just yeah. give us briefly, just tell us tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've been, and how you got here. Okay. Well, just for starters, for me personally, my name is obviously Ryan Vidales. Uh, on the show, I go by the persona Ryan the Rhino, which was a nickname that was actually given to me back in my high school football days. Uh, you can thank uh, Coach Ruben Rodriguez out at East Lake when he was coaching at Riverside, uh, kind of going through film one day, saw me make a hit on somebody. And he was like, that wasn't Ryan out there. That was a rhino. And, and that one little, you know, one moment in time, like my senior year in high school was a nickname that just stuck the rest of, you know, till, till now where I'm at today. So I, I think it's just kind of funny, you know, it was like one time it was said and it just clicked and stuck. So sometimes they just stick, man. yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, so I'm actually an ex high school football coach and i've actually coached uh various sports you know i've coached track basketball middle school soccer i've coached everything throughout my time uh especially during my college days but once i graduated i was teaching and i was coaching football at riverside high school and also at cathedral high school 
after my kids and stuff started getting more involved in sports and things like that, I decided to what I thought was walk away from coaching completely <laughs> and, you know, just do a straight dive into, you know, being the dad and watching their sports, watching them grow up. But slowly but surely, I've uh, taken another dive back into the coaching realm. And uh, now I'm actually coaching my daughter's youth club soccer team, which is El Paso Surf, the U- uh, the 2013 girls team. So it kind of went full circle, you know, it's one of those where, I started coaching middle school soccer, did all these other sports in between. And then sure enough, uh, lo and behold, when I think I'm done, I get thrown right back into the mix again. And here I am again, coaching as well again today. And then at the same time, you know, for fun, I'm hosting a podcast on my own with my buddies. So that's the beauty of it. Right, right. So, yeah, that's awesome. So so tell, what's what's that transition like, right, from uh, former high school former high school football player, former high school football coach. And then now you find yourself uh, coaching soccer, right? So um, what has that been like? Similarities, different, harder than you thought, just totally different apples and oranges. What has that been like? Well, I mean, and actually this goes back to the first time that I ever had to coach soccer, which was, you know, back in the, in the like maybe 2010, 2011 time, that was, and I'll be quite honest with you, soccer was not my sport. This is one of those sports, you know, when I was in high school, I was like, man, nobody cares about soccer. That's not something I care about. But it wasn't until that uh, 2010 World Cup when I was ended up watching with some of my friends and you see Landon Donovan score that goal against Algeria and everybody going nuts that it was that moment that I saw. And I was like, OK, you know what? This is a, this is a good game. This really got me excited, you know. After, at that, after that moment, I started following soccer more, started learning players. <laughs> then I took on a coaching gig at Hillcrest Middle School coaching girls soccer. And I'm not going to lie to you. you know, I've coached football at different age groups my whole, whole life and <laughs> never been nervous. <laughs> the one day that I'm coaching girls seventh grade soccer that I'm going into this thing and I'm, I'm sweating. I'm so nervous because, you know, I don't know the game as well. But at, at least at that level, the good thing, it's uh, – I think it's just the idea of you being a good coach, you know, being able to motivate the girls, get the best out of them. At that time, I may have not known all the X's and O's, all the tactics, but I knew how to coach kids and make them better athletes overall. And I think that was an important learning experience for me. Now, you know, you go full circle. I've coached at the varsity level. I've coached in a, a tap state championship football game with Cathedral High School. And, you know, I've had those big moments where, it's something that, you know, I could definitely deal with the pressure, but now you go into youth sports and that's another completely different realm. Because, oh yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've coached varsity kids and middle school kids my whole time. Now I'm coaching seven, eight and nine year olds. And, Oh, that's a whole nother thing. Another learning process. you got to understand, you know, you can't just, you can't just, you know, tell these kids what to do and they can go out and, and perform. You got to explain a lot more. So mm-hmm. it really takes a lot out of you because you need to, really get a better understanding of the game to be able to teach these kids. And it's a humbling experience. I will say at the, at the most, it's definitely a humbling experience, but I've enjoyed it, you know, and I'm still learning each day that I do this, I'm still learning and uh, growing just the same way as my players are. So definitely it's been a good experience, but two completely different realms that I've had to go from, you know, age group and sport wise, but it's been fun. It's been great. Awesome. Great stuff. So, 
So kind of switching gears here, tell us a little bit, what are your thoughts on today? You know, they had to, uh, earlier today, what was it, 5 p.m. Eastern, <clears throat> excuse me, we had the uh, United 2026 FIFA World Cup host city announcements. Uh, thoughts on that? That was, uh, I know uh, there was a lot of opinions on that. There was some eye openers. Yeah, no, definitely. I I was right there with you. I was waiting for the drop, waiting to see who it was. And for the most part, like, I think most of the team, most of the host cities that I thought were going to host yeah. got the bids. Uh, I, along with what I think was the popular opinion of people that were shocked was that Washington DC did not get one of the bid spots, you know, but it, for obvious reasons, you know, it's uh, we're the host country. So you would think that the capital would get the highest bid, but at the same time, I can understand it. And then the other big complaint, like, uh, People were complaining that Kansas City and Atlanta got bids over places like, say, Chicago and Denver. And to me, I think that also stems from the idea, well, one, Chicago didn't even put in a bid, so they were out to begin with. And two, I, I think a lot of people, if you're not a soccer fan, you probably don't know that Kansas City is a pretty big soccer market. So that was not a shocker to me. But to the non-fan, you know, any casual person just trying to, See, that was probably a big shock to them. Like, why is Kansas City when you have, you know, you have Dallas, you have San Francisco, L.A., and then you have Kansas City. But, right. you know, they've hosted many U.S. national team games. And I think it's played at Arrow. They're going to do it at Arrowhead Stadium, right? So it's my understanding. I believe so. That's my understanding from what right. the, at least the last plan that I saw. I think that's what they had proposed. Yeah. No. And then definitely the biggest thing for me being that we're both from Texas, you know, I'm excited. We got both Dallas and Houston. So yes, sir. I've yes, already sir. told my buddies and my, you know, we're going to a game this world cup, you know, even if we're starting to save now, I don't know how much those tickets are going to be come down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, were you ever able to attend back in the 96? No, no, I never. So the last time, <clears throat> was the 94, last, sorry. Time, last time it was here in 1994, yeah. I believe, I think I was, what was I? I was about, I think I was 16 maybe years old at the time. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, no, definitely it was, it wasn't going to happen, but I remember tuning a lot of people didn't quite know what to expect, but the, the fever, the phenomenon of the world cup, it just, it transcended a lot of, it really changed the trajectory of this sport in this country. Right. So um, that was really, I remember just a lot of just viewing parties there with family at home. You know, I remember the, uh, watching them play, you know, obviously the big win over Colombia, right? And then, of course, also the uh, watching them play uh, Brazil in the knockout round on the on the 4th of July, you know, so it was it was pretty crazy, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, I've never, never had the opportunity to attend. But now, you know, coming in 2026, it's like got to make it a point. I know one of the biggest things is you have a lot of uh, a lot of people are already speculating that or they're they're saying they don't anticipate that they will be able to afford attending uh, these matches, even even though they'll be right here in our own backyard. But I don't know. You know, it, it just depends. The one of the biggest things, too, is there's going to be just so much more availability. Right. Because the stadiums are going to be bigger there's But with that availability in terms of tickets is also going to come so much more demand I guess exactly. to a company to a company that because it's that first it's that first World Cup that goes from 32 teams to 48, right? And when we say 48, we're really talking 45 because the three host nations will, auto, will automatically you know, yeah automatically be in. So 
so yeah, there, there's a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot there, but definitely looking forward to it, what that's going to look like. Uh, but also, you know, I, I, the other piece too, is like going, going back to today, I think Boston, <laughs> Boston clearly is just the DC out Boston in so many questions with Boston's, you know, not the size of the city, but the infrastructure in terms of the, you how know, are they going to support it all? How, how right, are they the gonna... stadium, right? The stadium. And then same thing with Kansas city, Kansas city is, Yes, it's a soccer town, but can it handle the uh, – it is known for not having a great airport, right, in terms of just process, size, how they do things there, and it's will its infrastructure really be able to handle handle it? Because just because they have an NFL team, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the true infrastructure to handle that. So uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and not only that, but you got – when it's the NFL game, you've got – a lot of the local residents attending these games. It's a World Cup game, so you could have people from Brazil and you know all these other nations trying to fly in and hotel stays, all that. It's it's right, right. it's gonna be pretty crazy. And I'm like with you on the on the ticket prices thing. I'm I'm you know I'm dying to go, but I also know that it's probably gonna be a hefty ticket. I know that's kind of been like a big issue with the US men's national team and and filling right. the stadiums right. lately as of recent because for local, even just friendlies, those ticket prices mm. are getting way, way up into the hundreds and stuff. And people I've seen, you know, over Twitter and stuff are complaining about that ticket price. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, obviously you think a World Cup game, that's going to be even mm. more so. Yeah. And the and World Cup process, these are bigger stadiums they got to fill. Right. The World Cup process, the ticket, the ticketing process for the World Cup, it, it also operates completely different through through FIFA and a, and a lottery system, right? So it's a totally different type of process too. So this is why oftentimes you'll have, you'll see a lot of people go travel to the host, the host country for a world cup, but they may not be able to actually attend a single match. You know, they'll, they'll be there for set number of days, five days, seven days, and they'll partake in, cause it's just, you know, who was it? I think it was, uh, I know it was it Andres uh, uh, Cantor maybe said it or I don't know if it was uh, Gianni Infantino said it that it's uh, it's going to be rather than just one Super Bowl right it's going to be like eighty Super Bowls is what it is so taking place at one time yeah. yeah so yeah so it'll be it'll be interesting the travel obviously will be interesting because you're talking about you know from Canada all the way to you know what what's that Vancouver or Vancouver or Boston take your pick uh, <laughs> yeah right two different all the way to Mexico city, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be an interesting one, but, uh, I was pleased to see that. Uh, and that's what I was kind of curious to see how they were going to handle, um, those cities in the, in the central part of the country. Right. So your Dallas was a shoe in Houston was Houston was, kind of, was one of those bubble was one of those bubble cities, but to see Houston get it as well, to see, you knew it was, you knew Kansas City and Denver were bubble teams or bubble cities, I should say, as well. Uh, so to see can to see at least one of them get it. But then when I saw Philly came up, I saw Boston came up, and I was like, oh man, I was like, just like DC's not going to get it, right? And then you, it was the same thing down when you went down the southeast part of the country. You saw uh, Miami, right, or Atlanta first, sorry, and then yeah, it was Atlanta right away, Miami. and you knew and Miami you like, was a <laughs> Right. So as soon as Atlanta came up, there was reason to speculate that um, those cities that were really believed to be true bubble cities, such as Orlando, Cincinnati, and uh, I forget the other one, um, 
were really going to be on the outside looking in, but nobody would have really anticipated DC to be honest. So, so a big surprise there. Big surprise. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And I correct me if I'm wrong because I don't remember on the show. Did they mention who's hosting the final? No, they haven't gone into that. So the latest report okay. I saw, the latest report I saw is that um, they will travel. I think these respective host city i'm assuming it's all 16 cities all 16 host cities are going to I forget where they are going um to meet with fifa this weekend for actual procedures on on how that's going to play as far as groups right groupings and then um the actual group the actual groups and where they will take place all of that is scheduled to be officially announced in December, immediately after the uh, the 2022 World Cup, the Men's World Cup. Okay. So, so yeah. Well, well I'm rooting for Dallas on that one, man. I want the final here in yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah, and there's, it's strongly believed that so because of the a lot of the modifications that will have to be made to SoFi, even though SoFi is considered to be right now like neck and neck, maybe slightly better, the overall better stadium than maybe AT&T and because it's the newest uh, it is widely believed that AT&T stadium because of the capacity, right. And its capability is considered to be the true, like, like the true challenger to, to what is it? MetLife stadium in, uh, in New York or New yeah. Jersey and uh, actually to, hosting it. to the final, right. To host. And then there are other people that believe that, you know, the final, the final in 94 was in California so that it'll be it'll it's believed to be that a lot of people anticipate that New York is the clear front runner. So, yeah, and you know, it's surprising because I actually had a lot of friends who were upset that the Rose Bowl was not that was not that te- <laughs> the, the stadium got the bid. I'm like, don't get me wrong. It's historic. It's great. But, you know, the Rose Bowls, yeah. it needs a lot of upgrades before it's right. It, it's ready for that again. But right. Right. Uh, yeah. Definitely and, some- and some of these stadiums, they were still pending. It was it was on a contingency that they are still going to have to make adjustments, like mm-hmm. serious adjustments, right? So we talked about Seattle, right? Seattle, which never plays on grass because of how much it rains there, they're going to have to bring out they're going to have to bring out the grass as well. Yeah. So. And, and then I believe I heard Toronto too; they need to increase their capacity as well. So correct, they've got a couple of years to go ahead and get that done. But correct, it's going to be exciting, man. It's great, it's yeah. exciting news today, and I was all over Twitter too, trying to read the takes and yeah. get all the hot takes on it. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's exciting times uh, for this sport in our country, for sure. So it's definitely right. stuff I'm going to talk on my podcast about too. So there you go, there you go. Awesome. So speaking of the podcast, perfect segue. So the Audible Three podcast. You got, <laughs> you know, you got, you know, I'm going to take liberty with her name. So if I get them wrong, let me know. Yeah, so you you're got, good, you're good. You know, you got Madrid. You got the coach. And then you got the uh, yeah. Tell us this interesting story. You got a technically a fourth member there, but that you all don't acknowledge. So it's just the audible yeah. three. Tell tell us a little bit about about the the cast and tell us yeah. just the genesis of the podcast. Okay, so then let me start from the beginning. So really, what it was was just an idea because you know the co- one of the, well the coach that's a uh, coach David Cortinas. He's a coach out at El Paso High School. He's coached at Sanelli Riverside. He's been coaching since the nineties in El Paso football. And then Daniel Madrid, who we call Baby on the podcast, is uh, a coach that I worked with at Cathedral High School. And his father was actually one of my coaches during high school football at Riverside. So, you know, we hang out a lot. We you know go out to eat. We watch sports together. And 
we had always talked about just man, we could we have these conversations amongst us three we should just record it one day so you know one day we just decided let's put the cell phone down in there let's just click record while we're talking you know we stopped at the end and it was like an hour and a half later and we had some pretty good content and i was like you know we could probably turn this into a show with you know a little tweaking and some structure so we decided we're gonna run with it now the idea at that point was we're just three guys you know what what's our name what do we you know we just know we can talk sports but what where do we go from there so we started looking and it was actually i think it was madrid's idea that he found the picture of mount rushmore and you know it has the four presidents heads on it right, and everything right. so we're like well we like that concept let's use that artwork and let's put us on there so obviously you know there's three of us so we went one two three who's that fourth person and so a funny story is our coach the coach has a this like obsession with llamas <laughs> he he just i guess it's an animal he likes and thinks it's funny so in his house in his living room he has this big stuffed animal llama that's just always there on the couch you know we're always talking about it making fun of it and we're like you know what why not get that llama to be our mascot it'll be like the mascot of the audible three there you go we'll, we'll put him on the face and we'll add him to the logo and so that's kind of what we did we took a picture got an uh, a graphic artist to kind of you know, superimpose us into the Mount Rushmore picture with the llama as well. And I think you even said kind of looks like a kangaroo or something, but yeah, it was most, it was honestly mostly to be funny, but just to have something catchy because you know, people know, like, oh, it's that group that has the funny animal on the you know, right? So, right. you know, yeah, and so good. we came hey, up with pod, the name. Not too many podcasts have their own built in mascot, so that's exactly. Cool. Right. And we've even done some, you know, pranks like sometimes we'll ask the llama a question, but it'll be dead silence because it can't talk. So you know, now you're you're, bur you're burying the lead here, though. It's like it's not just a llama, right? Like llama, it actually even has a name, right? You got to give yeah. us that full name. Yeah, and so it's Larry, the inaudible llama, and <laughs> so where that stems from is because we, you know, we decided to come up with the name Audible Three because we're all football coaches, and in football, you know, when you're changing up a play, it's called an audible on the line of scrimmage. You can audible the play into a different play. Yeah. So we're like, well, we can use that. And since we're all talking, we're being audible. It's, it's you know, kind of a play on words. Right, right. So there's three of us. We're the audible three. And we have this llama who's our mascot who does not talk. So he's inaudible. So hey, that's why it's like the audible three with Larry, the inaudible llama. And that's how we got our name. That's how the podcast. Now, how long did that take, though? How long did that take? <laughs> like once you, actually, once you once you decided once you said it's like hey i think we're gonna i think we're gonna pursue this right now we got to come up with a name and a logo how long did all that take so okay so we and i can still remember like how it went down so we were watching tv or sports i can't remember what sport or what was on but we were watching stuff on a sunday maybe around six o'clock at night we came up with the idea of we're gonna do a podcast that that was the definitive thing we spent the rest of that week coming up with ideas, pictures, you know, artwork until we solidified something the following week later. And then we decided the following Sunday, all right, we're going to record. <laughs> we're going to do this. And, and you'll hear, if you hear our episode one, our pilot, it sounds vastly different from all the other episodes. Yeah, we already I, I noticed that. Two. Yeah, I noticed that. Which is, honestly, it's pretty prototypical of most podcasts right you can yeah, see how yeah. they you can see how they evolve just in like their first 10 episodes right oh yeah definitely and that was kind of the plan so you know episode one was literally us 
around a table with a laptop and a phone recorder. And that's how we did it, man. We just input the audio. There was no, you know, individual mics, no nothing, no, no board. Everything was just us talking. And obviously the sound quality was not very up to par. The content probably was not the best because we were still learning how to, you know, lead a show, how to run it. So it was a very funny experience, but, you know, we posted it, we heard it back and, you know, we got some feedback, a lot of constructive criticism, but there was things that we decided, you know what? Okay. So we're going to keep doing this. We need to invest a little bit into this because we don't want to keep putting out, you know, a product that's not up to par. So we all went out, we bought some mics, we bought a little uh, Zoom P4 podcast interface, uh, not the most expensive equipment, but we dropped about maybe five, six hundred bucks between the three of us on some stuff to go ahead and, you know, it's pretty, that's pretty easy to do. (laughs) And that's even then that's still. Yeah, Yeah. it was one of those things that, you know, we're doing it and we're like, wow, this is a. We weren't expected to get into this, but you know what? The good thing about it was we figured if we're dropping the money, then we're going to take this serious. Right, so right. that was what we did. And we ended up dropping it. And then you'll see right into episode two and on, we just decided we're going to, we're going to actually take this serious. We've been pretty consistent. We usually record on Sundays, release on Mondays and it started to grow. You know, it was funny because we never really did this for the intention of, you know, really getting listeners. It was, it started off just as a fun idea between the three guys. I mean, in our intro, it even says, you know, three random guys talking about a whole lot of nothing and turning it into something. And that's kind of our goal. When we even discussed the idea of the podcast, we wanted to make it like a man show, a man podcast, something that, you know, how guys always are around just talking about whatever and random topics. So we're like, that's going to be our catered audience. And then, you know, the funny thing is I always check the analytics and I'm like, Hey, we gained a female listener this week, or we gained another female listener. And I always think it's hilarious because it's always sports. You know, we, we strictly talk professional sports, you know, NFL, MLB, soccer. We each kind of have our forte. I'm kind of the soccer buff, but uh, you know, we all talk sports and then we'll just talk random topics. Just, you know, if we find some kind of cool article in the news or, you know, different things. We'll just talk about them. And it's been so good. It's been a good experience so far. And actually we made a, an episode mark. We said, once we hit episode 10, we'll start looking into adding guests. Cause by that point, maybe we're ready to incorporate other people into the show. So we're now on episode 12, 13 is getting released this week and we are open to having guests now on the podcast. And that is definitely something we're looking forward to. Right. And awesome. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit. Obviously, you, you told us a little bit about what you cover, uh, or at least the at least the intent right in the beginning. Um, obviously, what got me listening to it a little bit is, and when you're a podcaster, you you just generally you have an inclination to listen to two other podcasts. But what now, right? You talked about getting ready to getting ready to launch episode thirteen. How has as the coverage, what you all cover the and its intent of the podcast has as it evolves, has that changed at all? Well, yeah, it has a lot in the sense because you know that that's the biggest thing with with podcasts too is you got to have content, you got to have fresh and good content, and I think stuff that's relevant that's the big thing because you can have topics all day, but like for example, you know the NBA playoffs are going on right now, but. We don't want to sit and talk NBA finals every single week because then after right. a certain point it gets 
two, you know, redundant, the same thing. So right. that's the biggest thing. And I think that's the good thing of having three minds looking for ideas and stories and articles on Twitter and stuff to talk about. Like we're still, the idea is it's still sports related, but we want to keep it in the sense where, you know, we're trying to not do the same thing every week. Like it's not going to be NBA finals. We might touch a little on hockey this past week. We talked about, uh, coaches getting fired in the MLB range and new owners getting uh, or new owners buying franchises like the Denver Broncos and stuff. So it's not even always sports specific, you know, it's other side stories about the coaches, owners, different things like that. And trying to stay fresh up to topics and not being redundant. Cause then if you're saying the same stuff, then you're not going to get people wanting to hear every time you need that fresh content. So it's definitely biggest challenge. What's been the biggest challenge for you guys uh, you, maybe you personally and you all as a group so far, what, what's been that biggest challenge or the, or the biggest think, surprise, maybe the biggest surprise Well, about, about having a podcast, creating a podcast? Well, you know, I think it's how much work is actually involved into putting the whole thing in together. You know, a lot of people think that, oh, okay, you know, I'm just going to get a mic and we're going to talk and it's a podcast. We're good to go. Right. But there's so much more that goes on in the background. Like, I think people don't even realize, you know the editing, the production of it, the, you know, having to like right now we're good. Cause we have our intros and stuff like that done, but you know, those had to be made. It's not like they were just, they popped up and we have intro outro music, uh, transitions, all, all those kinds of things. And then the biggest thing is, you know, there's three hosts on this show. So three hosts means lots of ideas, but that also means lots of disagreements on which ideas you're going to run with. So yeah. that's also the biggest challenge is, you know, maybe I think my idea is really good, but the coach thinks his idea is what we got to go. So we got to work together, you know, like Friday night when we're trying to solidify what are we talking about this weekend? Whose ideas do we pull from and which ones do we go with? And then, right, that, right. you know, that's kind of the, so you know, sometimes too many heads involved, but you, we need that because it gives you a lot of different ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about, you know, so what was it you said after episode 10, at least then maybe open to having guests. So any have you, and you don't have to obviously go into any names, but any have you all already kind of landed some uh, some settled on and landed some upcoming <laughs> guests? Maybe tell us some some upcoming projects or the direction of the podcast now where you're headed. OK, great, great. Um, So, you know, we all have uh, ideas of who we want to bring as guests. You know, you know, our biggest thing is since we're all coaches, we know a lot of other coaches, so we like. The idea is to bring other coaches and people from that realm onto the show. Um, our biggest thing is, you know, we don't want to bring in guests just for the sake of being bringing on a guest. So the biggest thing is we want it to be relevant to what we're talking about that week mm -hmm. or, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. We don't just want to be like, okay, this week we have this person for no other point of just having another person to talk, you know? So um we're each talking to people i know i'm talking to a buddy of mine who's a former cathedral coach who works at utep now and he's a director of player personnel that uh i'm trying to bring on the show to give us a little bit of utep's football perspective you know because once you have people that are involved in those different types of industries you can actually get a better idea because you know we can say all we want about what we see from the outside looking in but when you get that person who's really involved with programs, you know, that's, that's really what it is. But the idea I think is that we're going to bring coaches or people that are involved with sports locally. Mm -hmm. And then from there branch out to maybe people we follow on Twitter and stuff to expand our audience. Right. And that's, 
kind of what the direction and where we're going to go as far as the Audible 3 podcasts. Now, we all we, we do have other ventures because mm-hmm. the idea of Audible 3 too is we wanted to keep it as a brand. So the idea was that if any of us, me, the coach, Madrid, want to do our own shows, you know, it would be as in uh, uh, baby Daniel Madrid from Audible 3 and this is his show, whatever it may be. Right. So we want to have that ability where we can also do our own projects along with being under our umbrella, yeah. Audible 3. Yeah. And- so for our listeners here, uh-huh. right, obviously our audience is, is a soccer audience. So maybe what's in the works? What What are the thoughts as far as Audible 3 and maybe – are there more plans? Because one of the things too that I like is you all you all do uh, you specifically. I know you drive that, but you all do talk surprisingly a lot more soccer, right? Than I think you know for three football coaches, <laughs> right? For three football exactly. coaches slash one soccer coach, you guys you guys dive into uh, into some soccer here. Yeah, uh, it- but what are what are the maybe for our audience though? maybe why should they maybe consider listening to you all as far as maybe from the soccer perspective, as far as down the road? Well, I think definitely because it gives, when we speak about soccer, I think it gives you a couple different perspectives. Of course, like you mentioned, I usually lead the soccer talks because I'm involved. I'm a soccer coach and, you know, I follow us men's national team. I'm, I'm probably the most versed when it comes to soccer out of our, out of our group. Right, but right. what I think it does offer is the fact that it also gives you a little insight on what the casual soccer fan thinks about it. And, you know, that's kind of how the coach and Madrid baby Madrid are, they offer that perspective too. And I think that's good because the way I see it, you know, I follow a lot of these uh, different people podcasts on soccer and it seems like everybody kind of has the same goal. And that is to grow soccer and the soccer culture in the U.S. Absolutely. And to be honest, talking to us, you know, talking to you and talking to other people like us is not going to necessarily help soccer grow because we're already versed into the soccer culture. But what we need to focus on is getting those casual fans, you know, like coach, like Madrid, like a lot of my friends and buddies that just, you know, they don't even sit down to watch a soccer game. But the more you talk about it, the more you show them those good things, you know, just kind of like me back in 2010 when I did not like soccer at all. But all it took was one friend of mine to make me watch that game with him. And I got hooked, you know, so I think that's the good thing about listening to our shows. When we do dive into it, um, you get a little perspective from the non hardcore soccer fans and you get an idea of maybe how they understand the game or how we can focus on getting the casual fan into getting versed into the soccer culture. Now thoughts on how you make, yeah, and that's a great point, you know, thoughts on, you know, just projects or direction as to how you may cover uh, soccer going forward in the future. Have you all really kind of brainstormed on that at all? Well, actually, so I have, so I have talked about that. And you know, I mentioned uh, we want to do separate shows under Mm -hmm. the audible three name. So the plan was because I normally do talk, a lot about soccer and you know to be honest i got really into it by watching other youtubers and podcasters Mm -hmm. like uh, the tactical manager 11 yanks and the yank report i watch those guys all the time you know after men's national team games and i love their content and good stuff good podcast oh yeah yeah yeah, definitely and i you know i hear their stuff and you know i may not be as 
versed into it as well as they know things tactically and stuff. But I think I offer a good opinion as well. And especially maybe I can cater to the Latino culture as well, you know, being out yeah. in El Paso. And so I'm planning to, and I don't, again, this is just an idea. We don't got a name or anything yet, but I am planning on doing my own solo podcast where I just, and if it's not podcast, it would just be YouTube videos, but going over my takes and things like that, covering the U S men's national team and local soccer as well. Cause now that I'm coaching in the city, in the city realm here, I'm learning a lot more about just how much, you know, city city league soccer has a big role in, yeah. in things, especially out here in, in West Texas, El Paso. Right. So Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That's definitely one side project that I'm looking to start in the upcoming future. And then uh, I've got another gig that both me and Madrid are, but it's not really soccer related. So mm-hmm. if you want to hear about that one, I could talk about that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I know you hit on a point there, a big point there, the grassroots, that grassroots part. And that's, I think, what really where you're going to grow in terms of just content, right, is is being a coach, right? Being a, you know, a club coach there and just at that grassroots level it's so vital right so vital and it's it's going to introduce you to other people as well so but yeah talk about you said you mentioned another project yes and another project that uh me and uh madrid the other co-host daniel baby madrid are going to be doing is we're going to be spearheading the prep one podcast which will be released pretty soon probably around late uh july when we start doing uh the prep one usa's media days where we Mm -hmm have volleyball and football teams come out and that's basically going to be a local high school sports coverage show. So to, and to be different, cause there's a, you know, there's a lot of football shows out there that cover Texas high school football and stuff, but there's not too many that cover all sports. And the idea is, is that we want to have a show each week where we go over, you know, the game, Nice. every sport that's in season. So in the beginning we'll cover volleyball football and even cross country you know we want to talk about who are the three big cross country runners the big volleyball game the big football game you know it doesn't have to be too long but we want to highlight these athletes because you know they deserve that too and to me i think it only helps you know in their recruiting process and in a lot of different aspects the more eyes that get on them the more views they get the better it helps them in the future Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our goal is a weekly show, but we're starting that off by doing actually a live show, which is going to be when we do that media day. And, you know, we're going to have coach after coach and that first episode, I'm not going to lie. I don't even know if I'm going to have the voice for it (laughs) because it's going to be water Water and throat throat lozenges. Water and throat lozenges. Yeah, yeah, I got them, man. I I got them right here, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And then the gum, here's the other little trick is, Believe it or not, they say really when you're speaking, right, public speaking, you shouldn't have gum. That The gum in your mouth, it that helps. Because uh, the throat lozenges when you're on the mic, obviously you hear a lot of that banging going yeah, on you in can your mouth, that. right? So gum helps kind of quench your thirst to a certain amount to where you don't get that cotton mouth after a while. So all the, little, all the little secrets <laughs> that they don't tell you about. So. You, you know, it's funny because I've worked these events in the past with Prep One. And it's funny because, you know, they last like six, seven hours. Because you're going through every single high school football, volleyball program. But now, you know, I've worked it from a different aspect. Now I'm going to be here speaking with every coach and key players. And yeah. might not be very long. Might be like a five, ten minute segment for each school. But 
those will add up and that's the yeah. that's kind of like, like the, the prep, plan. the prep that the prep that goes in behind it right and then the editing on the back end obviously so yeah yeah, yeah. No. so that's awesome that is great news great to hear uh awesome. we look forward to that and uh, look forward to uh to seeing that once it comes up late july so great stuff um so we're switching gears here let's talk about you know so what's been the big topic or set of topics this week as it relates to high school sports and specifically and also high school soccer right where these ual proposals that went up back on uh, on tuesday tuesday june 14th you know at their annual meetings in austin there was a handful of, there were three big ones or you know as it relates to really to soccer right there was uh, no freshman well the, the again these proposals what a lot of people didn't know are how these proposals come about right and it's a number of ways some of them it can be as simple as a parent or group of parents uh you know submitting a proposal officially submitting a proposal or when there is enough uh enough requests from a handful of people for a proposal so there's a number of ways that they can come up but but they're public right so um what uil does is they are <clears throat> they are uh, mandated to at least bring those forward and discuss them so the three here in particular that kind of got a lot of attention were no freshman on varsity soccer being moved from the winter or spring really they call it spring but it's really a winter sport to the fall and then coaches coaches being able to scratch uh officials right official mm -hmm. or not you know or not being able not being able to scratch not being them. able to scratch them right not being able to scratch them so um so those three obviously all were de either denied rejected or no action the only one i think that was outright rejected was the no freshman on varsity um so so tell us a little bit what, what are your thoughts on those particularly the no no freshman on varsity maybe and then the, the soccer move to the fall yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny because we actually kind of talked about this in our podcast this past week because it wasn't even just soccer. It's all sports was the proposal of getting rid of freshmen on varsity. Correct, and, correct, correct. you know, <clears throat> I think it, it, it's one of those that I, I, I coached at a private school. Okay. So to me, a school like a 5A or a 6A or maybe even a 4A program to them, that might not be a big deal. You know, because they have so many kids in their school that they can probably field quality rosters for varsity, JV, and freshmen and not have to worry about that. Freshmen on varsity, no big deal. But I can attest from the three A's and down, you know, sometimes you have to rely on some of these freshmen to field a varsity roster. And that's just because of sheer need with numbers. Yeah. The other thing, though, that I think is sometimes you have players that, you know, if you're really trying to help their growth, Putting them on the freshman levels team does not help them very much. You know, right. I'm not saying everybody, because let's be honest, it's not like there's schools and, you know, nine, ten out of their starters are freshmen. That's usually not the case. Usually, if you're a freshman on varsity, it's because either one, you're a stellar athlete or you are a, you know, you've got a prototypical size that you can obviously hang with it. And I think for the most part in Texas coaches do the best job and use their best judgment at putting kids that are actually ready for varsity level play in varsity. So I've always been okay with having freshmen on varsity with the exception that it's done the right way, you know? Right. And I think this soccer whole idea, fall? soccer in the fall. 
<laughs> you don't don't forget I, I used to be a football coach too exactly so. exactly this is precisely yeah. why i asked that yeah. Yeah. you know and the big thing too is at least in texas i just don't see how it's going to work very very well with football and you know they get all the resources they get the field access to me that's the biggest question because they're not going to move football football is still going to be in the fall meaning soccer teams and I don't know how it is in San Antonio, but here in El Paso, all the soccer teams also use the football field as their soccer practice mm-hmm. field. So mm-hmm. you're talking about freshman JV, a varsity football team having to share uh, soccer practice with not just girls, uh, not just men, but also women. So you've right. got, you know, two varsity teams, two JV teams and two freshman teams. That's nine teams trying to share a football field. So the logistics, logistics don't make sense. No, no doubt. I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you, I mean, just what bothered me about that particular proposal was, and then when you coupled it with the no freshman, you know, back to back, Mm -hmm. it just, to me, it just sounded like, you know, whatever, wherever this was stemming from, as far as the proposal, or if it was enough people proposed this, it just kind of sounded why that one in particular bothered me is because mm-hmm. it sounded like it sounded like someone kind of as it pertains to, to soccer is someone trying to kind of kill off the sport, basically, because I mean, football is only, you know, yeah, football is big in Texas, obviously, but that's only one half of, of the equation. It's like, mm-hmm. what what else is going on in, in the fall right here in Texas is you got club soccer to contend with, right? So so it would have been, you know, and then if you throw, let's just say you throw in the no freshman into the mix, it's, yeah. the sport is done. The sport would be oh, done. Definitely. I mean, because you, and then especially in soccer, you have so many good freshmen that can play up with, I mean. Absolutely. Of all, of well, all you talked sports. about private schools. You talked about private schools, right? In which, where I coach at one here in San Antonio and freshmen, I had, you know, it's a it's a division two. It's a TAPS division two school, which is TAPS is equivalent to UIL of of a five A, right? But mm-hmm. numbers wise, it's more like a more like a four A, like a small four A mm-hmm. probably. But in in terms of equivalent to UIL, but this past year or last year, I should say, um, this past season, last season, uh, on my varsity, right, varsity that included tw- a roster of twenty, mm-hmm. you know, twenty one. Uh, young ladies, seven, we had seven, or, I'm sorry, eight, eight freshmen were on the varsity, including five, five key contrib, five were heavy contributors, four were, were starters, you know, all freshmen, all freshmen. So, yeah, so I, yeah, I, it, it just, what, what stood out to me about this particular year, these proposals this year was just how, how just comically bad ideas they were just i talked about it logically they didn't make sense logistically they didn't make sense and then the no freshman the no freshman it just ethically it didn't make sense out now i can see for example football from a safety perspective i i could see that part right and and that's even probably the biggest one because i could see okay parents might be upset that freshmen are getting hurt but again in football i think that's probably where you have the fewest freshmen that are moving Correct. to marketing because every once in a while you do, you have that kid that is just, a, you know, a man amongst boys at a young age and that's okay. But like, especially in soccer, you have some of these kids that are just so highly talented that 
for example, you, you put all those freshman girls and keep them down on the freshman level. You know, they might be putting up 60 goals on a year on teams, but is that really helping their growth or is it just a, yeah. a glorified pat practice for them at that point? You right. know, exactly. at a certain point, you got to test these girls and boys and really help them for their growth. Otherwise, we're not really doing them a service. Yeah, that, yeah. That's my take. And honestly, it seemed like if you look on Twitter, it seems that was kind of the consensus is nobody was really for any of these proposals. And and then as yeah. far as the other one, the, the scratching of officials, well, I, I mean, I like your take more on that because you're an actual varsity coach. So mm. what do you think about that? Like, yeah, yeah, I think I mean, I could get. It was, it was a bit of a catch-22 because I could see where every coach you speak to, right, they're going to have at least one official, right, one official that they're like, <laughs> no, it's like this guy, this guy has it in for me, blah, blah, blah. And it, okay, whatever. I I, I, I get it, right? I, I get it from the coach's perspective. From the official's perspective, I, I see how in this situation, the coaches don't exactly have the leverage because of the extreme, especially it was already bad going in pre COVID, right? Post COVID it's, it's extremely upside down. I'll give you an example. So we have, so the taps, the private school soccer season in taps begins right at the start of November. Right. And that, and it, so it, it starts earlier and it ends earlier. And, but from November through December, we had three officials for every varsity match. Once UIL started in January, officially started, right? I didn't see. So from January all the way until our first <clears throat> state uh, state playoff game in the by-district round in Houston, which was in late February, I didn't see, we didn't see a three-person uh, three official crew again, right? Because they were that, really? it was that bad. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of cancellations. There was, or not cancellations, wow. but having to make adjustments. And uh, so, yeah, it was, this past season was the worst I had seen it uh, in terms of just the, the shortage. Right. So, wow. so from that perspective, I could just see that the, the leverage wasn't necessarily there in terms of for coaches, the benefit was clearly in terms of the, uh, the officials. And, and I could see that. I mean, I just, for me, I felt like the other two were far more important proposals to focus mm -hmm. on and make sure that we voice, we voice our opinions that, that those, that those, those do not pass. So yeah, no, um, and that would have been bad. Like yeah. it's a good thing they didn't because that would have changed the sport. Definitely. And you had private school coaches, you had private school coaches, right. That, that were, they were <laughs> publicly voicing that it's like, Hey, I hope you. I hope UIL does this because then you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of players that leave public school to go to private school. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, so so yeah, and I didn't want to see I didn't want to see that under those pretenses, right? So so I'm glad that was that that was able to at least be taken care of for now. But you never know; these could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was proposed once, you never know if that right. you know coming right. years. Right. Yeah. So awesome. So we transition here. Last piece. We want to talk about some soccer there, some 915 soccer. They're high school soccer. They're they're in the 915 in El Paso. Um, give us your thoughts, maybe some, and kind of what I wanted to highlight from your perspective is maybe one or two, you know, one or two players on the boys and girls side and one or two team, you know, one or, let me rephrase that, one or two players to watch and maybe one or two teams to watch this coming season. All right, cool. cool. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give you one better because I made my own top three. 
for both okay. boys and girls and we can go ahead and do it. And, and, you know, it's funny because I was trying to stick away because I was trying to take classification out of it, you okay. know, whether 4A, 5A, 6A, because let's be honest here, at least here in El Paso, you have 4As and 5As that can compete with each other. You have 5As that can compete with 6As. So right. to me, I just I took that and made it out of the equation. But uh, we'll start on the boy side of things in El Paso. Um, to me, it doesn't change very much than what we usually have. Uh, the top three boys teams that I have to look out for, number one. And these are no particular order, by the way. Okay, I'm just going to throw them out there. So number one, I'm going to go with East Lake High School, you know. They made a lot of noise last year in the playoffs. And this team, really, they are not the team that rebuilds. They did lose a lot of key players, but they reload. They had a lot of freshmen starting mm-hmm. this last uh, this past season on their playoff run. And I'll drop a few names, just if you don't mind. You know, I'd like to highlight yeah. some of these players. Uh, they had freshmen uh, NJ Nevadas and Chris Mendes. Mendes was actually uh, featured in the Alianza de Football's National Showcase. Nice. So, you know, he's he's a pretty good up-and-coming player, freshman-level player. And the other good thing is at Eastlake, both of their – they have two feeder programs in eighth grade that come into their school. Both eighth-grade feeder programs were, their, were the district champions for, for nice. soccer in them. So, so they got a good pipeline coming in. They're building mm-hmm. a solid program and keeping these kids in. So a lot of talents going through Eastlake. So right. I right. would expect them to be up there next year and, honestly, for – the upcoming years as well. Uh, next uh, school on the boys' side, I think that you should be looking out for is going to be Del Valle High School. And if you follow high school soccer in El Paso, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the, yeah. you know, traditions of excellence. You know, the coach has done a great job, and you know they return nine starters from their roster from last season on their deep playoff run, uh, including their goalkeeper. He's going to be a senior next year, and. He was lights out when they faced uh, Bel Air High School in the, I want to say it was the, was it the regional quarterfinals that they played? The Bel Air? So, yeah, it was a regional quarterfinal. Yeah. yeah, and that game was great. Went into penalty. That's one of the good things, too, is you get to see that game locally, and it went into penalties. You know, he had a great save, and unfortunately, right. they came up short against Grapevine, but I would expect them, you know, they've got a solid defense returning. Yeah. They've got a good center back, good goalkeeper. If they can find some you know some good goal scoring talent i'd expect mm-hmm. them to yeah i think that was a i think that was a 1-0 final versus Air in that regional quarterfinal if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken and uh or no or, or uh 1-1 and then but they want was it four PKs. Or five, four? To, five to five, three five yeah to i three think so or, yeah. yeah and uh but yeah that was that was played at a uh, mile stomping grounds while I was there in El Paso for the last <laughs> yes, couple of years. There at Isleta. So, yeah. So out in the reservation. Yes. It, it was uh, a good out game. On the reservation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, so. and you know, and the other team I'm going to give acknowledgement to also is that Bel Air squad. You know, I'm honestly really looking excited to this soccer season because, you know, those two local teams, they'll probably play each other. You're going to, you're going to see Bel Air is returning five all district players. Uh, and they're going to be senior heavy next year. You know, they were a younger mm-hmm. team. They have Rodolfo Gonzalez, Luis Villa, Gaston Ariola, uh, and Sebastian Esparza. A good offensive group, pretty strong core. And those four guys are going to be seniors and juniors next year. Mm-hmm. So I really expect them, you know, to make a good deep playoff run. And, you know, and it's funny because they're also usually the traditional El Paso powers, but they, they do good job. They have a good job at really. Yeah, yeah, you know, keep keeping things on, 
Now, those yeah, are you can favorite. make you can make that argument. Really, I mean, honestly, well, I don't even think it's really much of an argument on the boys' side. Is those are you know your your second team and third team there, Del Valle, mm -hmm. Del Valle under legendary coach Bruce Reichman, and then Bel Air. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those are your those have been your two most consistent you know boys' soccer programs over the last easily you can make that argument last twenty years, right? Mm -hmm. So so yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, good. Yeah, nice, nice yeah. of you to uh, give a plug in there to my old alma mater, Bel Air. As well. <laughs> and, you know, interesting story. We talked about that regional quarterfinal match there. Oof. That was the first time they had ever played in the playoffs. You know, so wait, I really? Know. I didn't even yeah. see. I didn't even yeah. know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it was kind of one of those where when it the way it kind of played out, and they met in that regional quarterfinal, and it was kind of like, wow, these they've just they've never actually played each other in in the playoffs. So it was it was pretty interesting. I mean, it, and it, it shows you, though, how good the level of talent here is in El Paso when you have them in the regional quarters, two El Paso teams playing each other. So right, right. that goes to show you. Now, <clears throat> on the girls' side of things, you know, man, there's a whole lot. Of, there's some really good, strong groups of girls at certain schools in El Paso this year. And I think the easiest one that pops off of paper is going to be the El Paso high school girls. Uh, you know, to put it lightly, they are stacked. They're returning 14 out of their 17 roster from last season. Wow. Uh, they've got a great incoming group of freshmen coming in as well. So they're obviously, I think they're going to have a couple freshmen playing up and they return the 5A co-MVPs. I, I don't want to give names off yet because I'm going to mention them on our players to watch, but go. they return both 5A co-MVPs. And that's, that says something when the co-MVPs both play right. for the same team. So right. lo lots of talent, lots of club talent. El Paso High has. They got a lot of players that play club and, you know, that transitions to usually good high school soccer as well. My number two team or not, sorry, again, not my second team, because these are no particular order is uh, Franklin High School. Franklin High School, another team with a lot of a lot of club talent. They actually started six freshmen last year, six freshmen and four of those six were all district players. They've got another strong uh, incoming freshman class. And this was actually something that I found out today through a coaching friend of mine. Uh, one of the incoming freshmen for next year is actually a player uh, that got called up to the Mexican youth national team, uh, Jasmine Guerrero. Mm -hmm. She's an attacking yep. midfielder playing for the U15. So, you know, they're going to be receiving a player of that quality coming up with them next year. So they're obviously not losing any talent. I mean, they're, they've lost some good senior talent, but they're, yeah. You're going to be right up there. Oh, yeah. And, she'll, uh, be, she'll be in, you know, Jasmine Guerrero will be an immediate, massive impact. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and it'll be one that'll help them to, you know, because they got, they have some players there. Franklin has some players to replace there because they're, they're losing some key players off of a, off of a very strong, you know, traditionally strong program, mm -hmm. very good attack. You know, they're, they're forward they're, that they lost to graduation, Sydney Varela. Sydney. You know yeah. who's now headed? She's now headed over here to my neck yeah, of the woods, part, Saint she's Mary's. Good. Yeah, Saint Mary's University. So, so yeah, but she'll be um, all indications. She, you know, she's lighting it up right now, playing for the U15 Mexican, you know, youth national team. So yeah, she'll she'll be an interesting one to watch for sure. Yeah, and honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to watching, just because you know, I, I don't know a lot of these eighth graders coming up yet, but you know, that was a name that got dropped immediately. So I was like, well, that's someone that I want to look out for. And the third team in the girls is going to be uh, Del Valle High School, 
you know, so both on the boys and the girls say Coach Sazo is doing a good job out there. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been at Bel Air very long, but, you know, she's getting them well coached. They return a lot of offensive power. Uh, you know, they've got their own, I guess, dynamic duo, if you will, which mm-hmm. I'll mention later on on the top players to watch. But, you know, a lot of offensive firepower. They even had a freshman this year that helped contribute to that as well. So offensively, they've got great skills they're gonna put that's a team that's gonna be putting up a lot of goals they just gotta make sure they got that core on defense that can help on that end of things and i think that's gonna be the top three girls teams to watch all right awesome now for top players (laughs) you know i got you know i don't know how many you want i've got you know about four just give us you can just give us like one or two that's okay well i'm gonna give you four for the girls side because it's more of a dynamic duo for two schools so, and you probably already know who these are, I mm-hmm. bet. But yeah, uh, from the girls' side of things, you know, El Paso High School, you got uh, Tessa and Emma O'Neill. Uh, those are the big names you always hear. They're sisters, and they are the co 15A MVPs that I was mentioning about earlier. Uh, Emma is more of a defender, defensive midfield player, and she's actually already committed to NMSU. Right. So, you know, she's already taken that part of her recruitment process so basically she's got her senior year to just focus on soccer so that's the great thing and then tessa who was a freshman last year and just lit it up man she lit it up yeah good lord yeah she had a 36 oh 33 goals 36 assists and you know coming from like you said we talked about earlier and this is a freshman playing on varsity could you imagine that being translated as a on on the freshman soccer game yeah, district uh, district one five eight overall and offensive uh, MVP. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and then the other two I wanted to mention were out of Del Valle. They've got their own little dynamic duo over there. These two players are both juniors, and that is uh, Mia Serrano, which I'm sure you've heard about too. She right. she was the co MVP or MVP, I believe, two years ago. I think her freshman year or soft or freshman year actually, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she ended this season with uh, 26 goals, 27 assists. She was an all-city candidate and only to be beaten out by her teammate for uh, district MVP, Natalie Garcia, who this girl was lights out this year when it comes to finding the back of the net. Uh, also did Via also junior. She had 61 goals, 61 goals in the season, yeah, 21 yeah. assists, wow. and she wow. was the 2-5A MVP. So they've kind of traded – you know, Mia was MVP the previous year and Natalie this year. So, like I said, yeah, Mia, was, Mia, Mia Serrano was also, <clears throat> excuse me, she was also our, uh, she was newcomer of the year that year because I got to see her. Obviously, I got to see her that one year, which was my last year there at Isleta and just a phenomenal player. Obviously, Coach Sazo was there as an assistant, but you could tell she the dynamics in terms of what she was doing there at the time. And so, yeah, I'm not not surprised one bit in terms of a, a Coach Sazo led squad there, Del Valle, that they're going to continue to they're going to continue to get better, especially under under her watch for sure. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And then on the boys' side, you know, there, you don't really have too many of those dynamic duos. You know, there's not a. I think the talent spread out a lot more on the boys' side of things, and I think mm-hmm. the other big thing is. A lot of our really, really talented boys are not even playing soccer their senior seasons here because a lot of them have been going off to the locomotive and playing, yeah. you know, with them in contracts. So that's taken a lot of some big names that, you know, we're lighting things up as juniors and this year not playing as much. And, you know, that's okay because, you know, that's all part of the development and what they're going for. Right. But some names I'd mentioned like Raul Morales from Burgess High School, 
He was a midfielder. He was another all city and uh, all city candidate. Uh, he was the one five a co MVP. The he shared it with a player out from Andrus, who I think committed to Air Force. So you know he he's a good playmaker, good midfielder. He'll be a senior next year, so I'm expecting him. You know, unless he forgoes playing senior season, I expect him to be doing a lot of good things. And then out of Del Valle High School. I had mentioned it earlier, you know, you've got that solid defense, which is led by Jeremy Rueda, their goalkeeper. Uh, he'll be a senior next year. He's the one that, you know, came up big in that regional quarters on the penalty kicks. And, you know, he's I think he's been a four-year starter for them, or three-year starter, mm-hmm. be a four-year starter for them. And then uh, the other person anchoring that defense is center back Jaime Gonzalez. He's also going to be a senior. He's another all-city, 1-5-A co-MVP. And... I'm sorry, two, uh, sorry, uh, two five a. I don't think he was MVP, but he was an all district, all city player. But that, you know, is like the core for Del Valle's defense. Like I said, they find that offensive firepower, they're going to be good as well. And then, uh, those are the players I've got on the guy side of thing. You know, you've got young players, you got like that, like I said, are not playing. You got Diego Abarca, who's playing just club soccer with the locomotive and mm-hmm. even been featured on the, I think he even made like Sports Center top. Uh, what was <laughs> nice. it like top yeah. top eight or something the other day? Because he went yeah, in, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. He scored a goal. You know, sixteen year old kid coming. How how does that? How often does that happen? Right? And yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, it's phenomenal. Right after they lost uh, Diego Diego Luna, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Replacing right, yeah. Diego for Diego, right? Yeah, big shoes to fill. When he steps right in, scores a banger. Yeah, yeah. yeah and good shout out to Diego Luna. I know he's competing this weekend. I think with the U twenty national team. So right. Right. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, it's a big it's a big gain for uh for Real Salt Lake as well. Big loss for uh for the locomotive, but I'm sure that's the one thing that's the one thing you're learning and watching that locomotive academy, right? It's just they they can they're developing them and it's just hey that's it's next man up there. So that's awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean they they started what like four academy players in one of those games. Oh, and mm-hmm. the game that they beat Phoenix Rising, man, they started, I think. Or not started, but they subbed out three veterans for Played three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for three academy players, and it's yeah. just like you don't you don't <clears throat> see that too often. But you know that's a good shout out to them. You know they're building their yeah. academy well. They're getting Absolutely. quality players, and absolutely, you know, absolutely, hopefully all the success to them. But right, a lot, a lot of good things to look out for. I think in the El Paso area this upcoming soccer season, man, it's yeah. it's a to me it's a real hotbed that a lot of people don't know about. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things with El Paso. What, what part of what makes it so unique is that because it's largely isolated, and because there is no, you know, no ECNL, no no GA, no Girls Academy. <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's largely just overlooked, right? It's overlooked, or it's it's just more work to have to go out there to recruit. So that that said, you know what you're going to get from a lot of talented individuals there in in the uh in the el paso the greater west texas area is you're not going to get a lot of these cookie cutter players that are developed the same way you know they play with a lot more flair they play with it's just a different style right and that's a good thing that's a good thing so i've been banging the drum for a long time right been you know and and i as as you know part of what we were able to do in my time there at isleta with the amount of uh players we had there uh, in terms of being able to get them recognized and getting them to play at the next level as well. So it's possible. It's possible, but but it, it is going to take work. But for college coaches out there listening, you got to get out there. You definitely have to look, recruit that area because while it's easier 
to go to hang out maybe in, you know, the, the central or eastern or uh, northern part of the state. Um, that I call it kind of that southwest triangle area, right? You talk about also right, Albuquerque, right. Albuquerque and Tucson, that area. There's a lot of talent in that area. There really is. There really is. So awesome. So we look, uh, you know, we look forward to having you on here uh, regularly. Talk, uh, you know, talk El Paso High School soccer as well. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Just great stuff. Love, love this. This was great info. So, so we know you're going to stick around with us. Uh, we're going to transition here to our counterattack segment shortly where we get to pick on you a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So I'll, don't go anywhere, coach. We'll be, and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face -face approach to area high school student athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, Call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we're back with uh, Coach Ryan, the Rhino Vidalis, the co-host of the Audible 3 podcast and soon-to-be host of other podcasts, as we're finding out <laughs> Uh, looking forward to that. So, all right, man, this is it. Counterattack. You ready? You got your game face on? Waiting for this one, man. <laughs> all right, awesome. We'll we'll take it easy on you. I I don't promise, but we'll take it easy no. on you. No, this is this is the fun part. This is the yeah. fun part. Exactly, exactly. All right, so all right, so series of questions. I know you listen to the podcast, so just random off the wall. Some soccer, some non soccer. Just get keep you on your toes here. So, first one: any superstitions or rituals? Oh, oof! You know, <laughs> let's see, let's see. Um, How about as a, maybe as a coach, right? Game day. We'll say game day superstitions or rituals. Anything? Game day superstitions. So it's not necessarily a. You know, I, the good thing is I wash these socks, okay? But <laughs> when I was <laughs> when this actually came back from football, but you know, I always used to have these uh, socks of mine that had these like football on it, and they had like my school colors on it. So I'd wear those for every single game, but it wasn't the type of superstition where I'm, you know, I wear them and never wash them again. I don't, yeah, I don't take okay. it that far, but that was the one thing I'd wear those same socks to every single football game that I coached uh, up until my very last season when they finally started tearing and uh, had to do it. But they, they survived, I think almost six seasons. So that says a lot about those. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Last song you downloaded. Oof, last you know, let me look at it. I'm gonna look at it right now because it might be embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it tends to, it usually is. It's it's uh it's one of those because you know on Spotify, any song that I listen to, I'll like and I'll keep it. And oh god, let's see. Oh, okay, so it's not so so bad. It, it's actually a it's a rock song, so there it's by go. Taking Back Sunday, it's called Make Damn Sure. So and okay. I even remember why I got it because we were actually talking about the band at the time, yeah, like a yeah. couple of weeks ago. So it's one of those that was there. 
All right. That, so nothing too bad about Thank God. I thought it was going to be like Spice Girls or something like that. <laughs> all right. No, not bad. Um, all right. Morning person or night owl? Little bit of both, to be honest with you, because I will stay up till, you know, two, three in the morning sometimes. But I also have a job that requires me to be up at seven, you know, to get ready for the day. So I really have no choice. But I guess if I had to pick, I'm a night owl at, at heart. Yeah. I, I just more of a night person prefer the nighttime over the day. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can feel you on that one a little bit. So, all right. <laughs> who, who plays you in a movie? They're making a movie on the life of Ryan Vidalis. Who, who plays you? What famous, maybe actor, celebrity, something. Doesn't have, to look, <laughs> doesn't have to look like you. Doesn't just who plays you. Who is it? Oh God, uh, man. You know, I, <laughs> I like to be a funny guy, man. I like to, you know, I would say it had to be someone like like Seth Rogen or Jonah Hill. You know, they have that like they have that funny, outgoing personality. Like I could totally see like Jonah Hill being out there and just playing my role, playing playing as a coach out there, but being that funny, witty guy on the field, too. I could totally see that because I'm a goofball at heart. <laughs> there you go. All right. Favorite day of the week. The day that ends in Y. No, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> of course, course you're going to say something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. No, no, definitely. No, I'm going to go with uh, Fridays, man, just because, you know, I feel like that's the end of my week. Friday hits. Uh, once I leave work at 5 p.m., that's my time to relax. And I, and I say that because Friday is really my only time to relax because since my kids do so many extracurricular things, yeah. Saturdays are usually games or practices and Sundays are the same thing. So yeah. Friday is really my, my relaxation time. I always tell, you know, all the time with coaches and other teachers there at school, at work, you know, they'll when it's Thursday, I always tell them, it's like, hey, Thursday, it's the best day of the week. And they're like, why? It's like, shouldn't it be like Friday, maybe going into the weekends, you know? And I was like, no, it's, it's, and jokingly, of course, right. When I yeah. picking on, picking on the kids, on the students, student athletes, I just, I tell them now Thursday is the day in the week that's furthest from Monday by Friday. We're that much closer to coming back to work. Right. So, hey, hey, that's true. That is yeah. true. Never yeah. So that one always gets, that one always is like, oh, I never thought about it like that. So, all right. Next one is, are, are you a. Emoji or GIF guy? Oh, I'm a GIF guy all day. <laughs> What's the go-to GIF that you can share? That you can share. Um, when you, you find yourself, you find yourself using that this particular one regularly. <laughs> it's a. It's actually it's funny. It's just one of this bulldog, and it and it shows him like on a park bench, you know. And the bulldog looks real tough and stuff. And it talks about and he goes, you know, I was. I used to be a badass, but now I'm a family man, <laughs> you know, and it shows him like watching the kids and stuff. And I was like, that's kind of, it reminds me of me when I put it out there because it's like Bulldog just looks like old beat up, but you know, he was tough back in the day. So don't yeah. forget that <laughs> it's I funny, you know, I don't think I've seen that one. I have to check that one out. Yeah. I'll, I'll send it to you later on at the end. Okay. Of this. It's funny, okay. All right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we even, me and my buddies will even send like gift wars back and back to each other. Yeah. That we'll have a whole conversation answering gifts to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's what's pretty amazing about them, right? All right. So favorite and least favorite holiday. Oof. Um <clears throat> I'm gonna say favorite holiday for me is probably gonna be Fourth of July. And right. that's just because I'm a big like outdoorsy. I like to go out and 
cook and grill and barbecue and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. that to me already gives me an excuse to maybe like smoke a brisket or something like that, you know. And I love <laughs> it sounds horrible. I, I love popping fireworks, man. I like uh doing that with my kids and stuff. It's been something I've always liked since I was little. So yeah. that's definitely a real exciting time. It's summertime, it's time to swim. And I guess the least exciting time for me would be I don't know, man. It's probably going to be kind of controversial because people love to eat and stuff, but I'm going to say Thanksgiving is probably the, the, and for me, it's just because aside from the football part of it, to me, it's just kind of boring, you know, and it might just be because my family doesn't have any like really big Thanksgiving traditions. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have a huge family, so it's not like we get together and have this huge, huge thing ever. So for me, it's usually just another kind of slightly over, over, uh, fancified dinner with some football in the background but this year is going to be great because black friday we oh, got yeah. usa england oh, yeah. so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> yeah it's going to be a very very <laughs> different november december uh oh, in yeah, the sports yeah. world this year yeah oh yeah, yeah. For sure. oh. so looking forward be, to that one it's going to be pretty epic for sure so all right next one so would you rather be oh. able to speak every language or talk to animals <laughs> this is easy for me and I'm probably going to get called out by all the Latin American culture here, but speaking every language would be the one. And that's because, and don't crucify me on this because my last name is Vidalis, but I do not know Spanish. (laughs) It's not, not even in El Paso, believe it or not, that's not, it's more common than you would think, right? I mean, yeah, but you know, you see my last name and you say, oh, how long have you lived here? 30, you know, 33 years. Well, You know, I think you would have thought I would have picked up something and I can understand some bits and phrases here and there, but yeah, learning, definitely learning every language would would definitely be a a help for me. Favorite, favorite childhood TV show and current favorite TV show. Um, Favorite childhood TV show was a cartoon called Rocket Power. So when I was younger, it was a, yeah, it was a, (laughs) I used to be a skater back in my younger days. And it dealt with like extreme sports, you know, like snowboarding, skateboarding, rollerblading. So I was real into that. And because that was like a big TV show back then, it was Mm -hmm. something that was really popular to me. And as a matter of fact, uh, there was a character on that show, Tito, who was played by or who was voiced by a guy from El Paso. So little El Paso connection there. There you go. Okay. And woof. nowadays, I would say my favorite TV show that I've watched and it's not recent because, you know, I watch a lot of TV, so there's a whole bunch of shows. But I think my all-time favorite show, series, whatever you will, is going to be Breaking Bad. That was, to me, such a really, really good TV show done really well. And it's funny because it also had some Southwest uh, Albuquerque yeah. tie-ins, but <clears throat> that wasn't why I liked the show. It was just a really well-done show. Speaking of that, the, the oh my god, what's it called? The the spin-off series from that. Oh, isn't Better that Call a, Saul, man. Yeah, kept isn't that, that like isn't that about to end? <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, I think so. Maybe right? about three weeks ago they had their, I guess, mid-season finale. And I think there's like two episodes left coming in July. Mm-hmm. And if you watched, man, it left it on a it ended that show on a good on a crazy note. So yeah. you're watching it. How many seasons did that go for? <clears throat> I want to say uh five. I think this is the fifth season. Yeah, so it ran for five, and it probably would have already been over, but actually, uh, COVID stopped it for about yeah. a year and a half because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
it was in production and they shut down everything for about a year and a half. So mm-hmm. it probably would have already been done had it not been for COVID. <laughs> Strangest thing in your refrigerator right now. <laughs> you, can't oh, say, you can't say turkey. Well, wait, 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 wait. Either, man. You can't say to be fair, to be fair, I'm at my dad's house right now. So technically in his refrigerator or mine at home. You know, your refrigerator. Right. Oh god damn. Yeah, you can't throw your dad, you can't throw dad under the bus, man. Oh god. Um so I would well, it's not even that strange. It's just this it should have been thrown out a couple days ago. <laughs> uh oh. This could uh, be yeah, so yeah. uh there's a place called Desert Oaks Barbecue here in mm-hmm. El Paso. I don't know if you ever had it when you're here, but there's a I re- uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't but yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't have it. No. Yeah, so I went there a couple of days ago and I got a Texas potato, which is, you know, a baked potato with right. barbecue brisket and, you know, all of the stuff filled the in it. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I want to say, I, I mean, you know, I, that was that was since Monday. <laughs> and it's, you it's know, it never, into a, turning into a science experiment. Yeah, I, I think it might have walked out on the fridge on its own right now. But other than that, you yeah. know, I don't got too much, nothing too crazy. Just I definitely should have thrown that out a couple yeah. of days ago. Top Gun Maverick. Yes or no? <laughs> Thumbs up, man. thumbs down. Have you seen it yet? Like, like, fif- like fifteen thumbs up, man. Actually, it's yeah. funny because when you asked me about the most recent song I downloaded, yeah, the one right before the one I told you was actually a Danger Zone. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I, and Ryan, had, huh? yeah. yeah, and if I had selected that one, I was gonna say because of Top Gun Maverick. You know, um, loved it, man. I thought yeah. it was, in my opinion, and this might be, you know, because I loved a lot of the Marvel movies, all that stuff, right. but. To me, it is the best movie of the year so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Out I'd of agree. this, I think this a lot of people year, would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, everybody, you got a lot of people who talk about Doctor Strange and all these. And I don't know, man. I thought it was done really, really well. I thought they referenced the original Top Gun mm-hmm. just enough where it wasn't overbearing and didn't seem cheesy. Right. And the story was good. I thought, you know, a lot of times when movies make sequels, they just don't live up to it or they're definitely not on par. But to me, this one was just as good or even better than the first one. And yeah. really oh, yeah. well done movie. I, yeah, yeah I think, man, I it think, was great. I think, I think way better than the first one, to be honest. But yeah. Um, all right. Next one. Bucket list destination. Place you want to go before it's a wrap. Oof, um, that, you can, you that's easy one. to remember. You well, yeah, one. yeah. Because I, I've honestly, I've never traveled outside of of the united states so obviously on my bucket list it's going to be somewhere outside of the united states but i would like to go to um barcelona and i think you might be knowing where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. just to watch a specific soccer game in a specific stadium right where do you think i'm going with this yeah it's got to be a classical right yep Exactly. Yeah. If I could go, you know, to Barcelona, Spain to watch El Clasico, I think that is it knocks off a couple things. It knocks off Mm -hmm. me getting to travel overseas, getting to to see one of the greatest, you know, soccer matchups of all time and one of the most iconic stadiums like that would be ideal. Now, will that ever happen? Who knows? Got to win the lottery or something, probably. Someday, man. Hey, you're uh, look how close you're going to be to watching the World Cup, man, in a couple of years. So, hey, if that can happen, you can. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, final one here. So this one gonna gonna put you on the spot here. You got to be honest though. You got to be objective here. So, scale of one to ten, one being your god awful, a ten you should be a, a driving instructor. How good of a driver are you? <laughs> Depends when I want to be. <laughs> no, I I can definitely be like around a an eight or a nine. When I've got my kids and stuff around with me, you know, I will be the perfect driver. But if if I'm going to work in the morning, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. that eight or nine drops down to like a four or five. I'm not going to lie to you. because <laughs> So it kind of depends on the situation. But, you know, I'll go yeah. ahead and just put, meet you in the middle and say I'm a seven overall. Pretty good driver. I'm usually one of those ones that get stuck driving, you know, on the road trips and stuff like that yeah. for that reason. And it's, I guess it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell me you're that. Are you that guy that hangs out on I-10 in the far left lane going 55 miles an hour with the blinker, with the right <laughs> blinker on for like five miles? No, don't tell I'll, me you're that I'll, guy. I'll hang out on the left lane, but I definitely won't be going 55 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Just don't be that guy. Don't be the, um, the 55 mile an hour guy in the far le- in the passing lane, in the fast lane. I, I bet that's even worse out in San Antonio, huh? With the blinker. Oh no! Here they don't even use blinkers, so I don't. Oh know. no! Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think the car, the vehicles here, they don't they don't have blinkers. I think so. I don't know. So they just did just so, go. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so this has been awesome, man. Ryan, yeah, it's great, man. Felt so simple, felt easy. I liked it. Yeah, have loved having you on. We look forward to having you on uh, again in the future. Talking some high school soccer, obviously out in West Texas. Uh, maybe have some of the other guys on next time as well, hopefully. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, wishing you guys, obviously wishing you guys the absolute best, continued success. Uh, but as customary, before we go, we like to kind of like to share our final thoughts. And you as our guest, we'd like to go ahead and give you, uh, share your final thoughts with us for the day. No, well, you know, biggest thing, man, I just want to say thank you for having me. You know, it really helps not only myself, but my co-host and stuff with the Audible 3 podcast. It really helps put our name out there, gets our name out to a bunch of different people. And I really enjoyed having this talk with you, man, covering soccer and covering, you know, stuff that we're both passionate about. And I hope, you know, the, you, the listeners out there, you know, definitely give us a follow as well. We like your support and okay. I just noticed too. It even shows the names and stuff at the bottom of the screen there. Mm -hmm. So that helps, but thank you. Thank you to all the listeners and, you know, I'm just here to help grow the podcast scene in El Paso. Uh, like to be entertaining and stay tuned for that soccer podcast that I'll be releasing out pretty soon. Nice. Uh, definitely uh, something I'm looking forward to. Maybe you coming out and doing a show with me and getting your perspective on that too. So hoping you want to be part of that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. We'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to be a part of it. If it's not obviously the podcast team, at least me. But uh, yeah, anytime, uh, anytime you all uh, would love to have us, love to have me, I'd uh, for sure, I'd appreciate it. That'd be awesome. Any, any way we can help you all as well, uh, you know, that's one of the biggest things. And I think it's, it's podcasters helping out podcasters as well. It's a big, it's a big piece. And uh, so, yeah, wishing you guys the absolute best. Um, and uh, where can we get more info? Where can we, uh, as far as on, uh, on social media and again, give us the name of that podcast one more time mm-hmm. where, where you're at, where can we find the podcast? All right. So it is the audible three podcast. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. You can find us at all three, just by looking up the audible three podcast. And you can also find us at our Instagram, which is the underscore 
audible three underscore podcast or on Twitter at the audible three podcast. Awesome. Very simple. So follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram and, you know, like subscribe, listen to us on Spotify, Apple music and, uh, or sorry, Apple podcasts and SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff. And uh, so before we go, you know, my final thought really is <clears throat> going to go in a different direction with this. As everybody knows, it is uh, we're recording this live on Thursday, June 16th. Yesterday marked a pivotal day in the college recruiting process for the class of 2024 on June 15th. So it marked, as everybody knows, this is kind of old news, but it marked the initial date the initial date that schools, particularly D1s, can contact, can start contacting uh, prospective student athletes, PSAs, from the class of 2024. Um, I know it seemed like it got pretty heated on social media and people going <laughs> back and forth as far as um, telling a lot of people that it's like, hey, tomorrow, June 15th, doesn't define you, doesn't define you. Don't be, you know, up in arms if you're not contacted because so much is, it's been built up, right? That it's just, it's just the start, right? It's just, what it really is, is it marks the start of, we posted on it the other day as well, that it just, it marks the start of the marathon. It's not the finish line. And, and truth be told, probably 90 somewhere in the vicinity of 95 to 98 percent of prospective student athletes from the class of 2024 are not contacted on uh on june 15th so the big thing what i want to say is you know if you were not contacted it means absolutely nothing go back to work keep doing your thing keep grinding obviously marketing yourself on social media putting in that work getting in those touches going to those ID camps, continuing to email coaches, because what will define you is just that, is your character and your body of work, right? So um, keep your heads up, obviously. For those who did have the privilege of being contacted yesterday, uh, congratulations. Great job. I mean, it doesn't, that also doesn't define you. And that doesn't mean that you're going to ultimately commit or be offered by those schools. They, they could just be getting more information from you, trying to get, in a, get a feel. The big thing is whether you were contacted yesterday or not on June 15th, congratulations, or if you weren't, keep your head up. The point is, is keep working on building those relationships. Okay, because because June fifteenth is not the is not a make you know end all be all right. It doesn't make you or break you that day. It's just the beginning. So um, look forward to talking that more in our up, some of our upcoming episodes where we'll be uh, diving into some of the college recruiting uh, college recruiting process, some of the different angles, looking at a couple of different guests. So that's in the works as well. So um, thank you again, obviously, to, uh, to Ryan the Rhino. Appreciate you. Wishing you and uh, your co-hosts at the Audible 3 podcast the absolute best. Thank you for being here. We wish you also continued success with your upcoming, uh, upcoming new podcasts where you drop some teasers on there. So we look forward to that as well. And uh, again, to our to our supporters, you know, to our, uh, to our listeners, our supporters, we've talked about it recently being able, it's pretty cool. It's something that humbles us being able to be listened to in 38 countries and 23 States. It's pretty awesome. We appreciate that. We really do. We're grateful for that. And uh, we don't, uh, we don't take it lightly. We don't take it lightly. We continue to uh, try to put out good quality content for you all because you are the reason why we do it. So thank you again, all our supporters, all our listeners to Ryan as well. Appreciate you guys, and you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading 
and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.